0: It's episode one, The Cheap Seats, Dave and Dave, WPH Live TV, the radio cast from Tucson, Arizona, here at the studios where all the magic happens.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a, it's a magical place here, Dave. I mean, you get lost here. It's a wonderland. Yeah, it's a pretty special weekend here. At first I thought the Masters weekend was my favorite of the year and then we celebrated your birthday and it just became, wow, this superseded everything. <laughs>
0: This radio cast that we have today mm-hmm. is going to feature Salt Lake City previews. We're mm-hmm. going to talk a little bit about that. That's coming up here in just a few, in fact, right around the corner. So we're
2: not just going to talk about magic and your diet and the double layer <laughs> chocolate? I would rather... Oh, I mean, if okay. we could get by with it, yeah. you know, I mean, why not? I mean,
0: uh-huh. But we're not going
2: to. Oh, so we're talking Salt Lake City.
0: Salt Lake City Preview. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be on ESPN3, the Watch okay. ESPN app. Mm-hmm. And really, the, the place to go for this, a lot of people don't realize this, race48.com yeah. actually has a video player embedded, our video player. But mm-hmm. also right above that is the ESPN, Watch ESPN app, and it plays the videos right there on the website. And if you logged in one time, it, your computer's pretty smart. It'll yeah. probably just keep you mm-hmm. logged in. So you could watch there. That is going to be April 15th, 16th, 17th. We'll be live on ESPN 16th and 17th of April from the Sports Mall in Murray, Utah. Yeah, what a spot. Oh, no, it's actually great. No, I, love I love it. it. You it's said incredible. it. You said it like deadpan there for some reason. Oh, but it, assuming, it wasn't intended. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> what a spot.
2: No, I, I, I actually <laughs> love it. Probably one of the best facilities that we're in. Ever. I mean, it's I incredible. And, it's, and that doesn't even include the handball community that comes with it. The Stallsbergs, the Garzas. I mean. The Sonones, McManises. Ted Anzac. I mean, it's a great, great crew. And that's why. The Scots. <laughs> well, that's why it's the player stop. I mean, and, this is the one the players look forward to year after year. And, Dave, we made our first trek through Salt Lake City on our bikes, actually, in 2008. And we haven't missed a year since. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was Mr. Fendrick actually yeah. showed up. Right to our, uh, I guess it was the coming into the city party. It, what a party it was! It was him and well, just him. <laughs> it was him. It was yeah. just him.
0: Let's just be honest. Yeah, but that was actually kind of fun. That was 2008. You right. rode there on your bicycle, and, mm-hmm. and now we're returning here, 2016. And
2: yeah, and I think Salt Lake City is the only city to have hosted a race event in every season. So this is our fifth season. Yeah. This is their fifth event in April. Every year, it's in April. And uh, you know, Dave, going back, I think the U.S. Open would be the only other stop where we've hit every single season. So, you're talking about two of the best events in the sport. I think they love you. That's why oh, they really? keep coming back.
0: Yeah. Who else has been on board with us every single year? Because we just, we didn't have Tucson that. You no, know, just year. the simple Green U.S. That's Open. It. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh huh. And we've been to some great spots. We, Unfortunately, Jake, we can't. Jake
0: Plummer's been with us every year, but it's the pre-race, right. it's sometimes a race event, back and yeah. forth, that sort of thing. And this year was kind of like you know, fifty-fifty whether we. Be an actual race stop or a pre-race. We,
2: we went with a pre. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about an official sanctioned rankings race event where the cameras are rolling. Yeah, but yellow jersey event. Right.
0: That one is included. Hmm. I hate to be a stickler on the
2: fine print. I mean, there's some there's some aspects of a pre that also carry into a full, but there's aspects of a full that a pre doesn't have, and that's unfortunately... Are we not-
0: still talking about handball?
2: <laughs> <laughs> also coming up is Dan Armijo, who and the Federales caught at the
0: border, and I'm not yeah, joking. No. Now, he texts me, and I know this is really hard to believe, yeah. but he, he actually does text. He does have technology uh-huh. s- skills with a Z. Yeah. He's coming across from Yuma, Arizona. That's yeah. where he lives now. We're in Tucson, Arizona. He's coming across the border. They took him out of his car. They made him do the sobriety and all that stuff. He's texting me all this. stuff. Th-
2: so you're saying we're just killing time waiting for the hand Basically, to get Basically, that's
0: why I'm just talking about uh-huh. this. Really, the interview should have just started yeah. with Dan Armijo on our first right. radio cast here, but it didn't, so it's going to delay our interview. But when he comes in, we'll just run to it. Yeah. But in the meantime, so get ready for that. We're going to ask him about Paul Haber. Mm. Uh, you know, Dan's played everybody. Yeah. What else do we have besides the board patrol stuff? We'll we'll ask him. Who's the player that is most like him? That's something I want to know because you know he's pretty smart when it comes to that. You also have some race for a trivia. Yeah. And we'll get to that too. Let's go over to tennis.
2: Okay. Maria Sharapova. Mm. Uh, it's a tricky situation. Is it though? She well, was informed four or five times, <laughs> but she didn't see the email. She well, didn't read it. Well, and, I think they'll prove that she did. And but she I said think she, she retired, though, but now – No, she never said that. No, really? No, Because no. that was what the headline said on TV no. is that no, Sharapova retires. She, she called a press conference, and 24 hours before she had the press conference, there was speculation ah, as to okay. what she right. might be discussing. And the, the consensus was – and I was, I think, part of this – that she is going to announce her retirement. Instead, she spun – it was a spin conference – a press conference, as you know, Dave, is where you take questions from the media. She didn't take any questions. She came in, she read a statement that was full of inaccuracies and falsities. And, and now she's going to try and run with it and see what her legal team can do. You know, they're going to have a hearing in a couple of months and we'll see. Yeah. She'll probably be out for at least a year.
0: You can tell I don't know a lot about tennis just by, mm-hmm.
2: I brought up the question. Yeah. Really no clue mm. really what
0: you're talking about. But I'm just interested I,
2: what, in the health issues that she was. Being treated with, with this yeah. particular drug that she never, seemed pretty announced. healthy to me, but you yeah. know,
0: I guess some of those might have been mental. I, one thing I can tell you about tennis is that you never marry a tennis player mm. because love means nothing to them. Oh, it really does. Yeah. Let's talk about handball. Well Let's, done. That's why, that's why we're here. Yeah. The cheap seats continue with uh, talk about Portland coming up. It's the Players Championship right after Salt Lake City, which is the last stop on the regular tour. And then we go into the TPC, the Players Championship. It's alongside the USHA National Master Singles Championships, Portland, Oregon. Our first visit to the MAC, the Multnomah Athletic Club. That's going to be May 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. WPH events start on the 6th. So that'll be a Friday. And we're pretty flexible when it comes to the schedule. They have the women's pros led by Katrina Casey, the number one from Ireland, and then Paul Brady, of course, from Ireland. And well, if you, if you're coming from Ireland playing also in the forties, you're also probably the favorite. But mm-hmm. right now we also have Marco Chavez and Nadia Alvarado who will be attending those. Do you, you find it odd that Nadia Alvarado, you, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, most consistent? Uh, top semi-final finisher in pro history, not just WPH, but really in the times that we've seen him over 22 years or so, Mm -hmm. so consistent making to the semis. Do you find it odd that when he gets into the seniors, he finds it just like it was before where He's not
2: winning every single one of those senior stops. Well, it is shocking because you would have thought, based on how Nadi has played and dominated all the players in that senior field, that he would just kind of run away with every senior title, but it hasn't been that way. He's had a couple of losses in the seniors, really to his arch rival, Marco Chavez, who had never defeated Nadi in 20 years of pro play until that... Race for eight stop in Houston 2014, and since then, Marcos has beat him two more times, so three wins in the last year and a half against Naughty And Dave, Naughty not entered in Salt Lake City. If he doesn't enter Salt Lake City, he'll come into Portland with no race for eight ranking, which will be a first because he's been in the top eight. He just drifted out of the top eight because of some injuries and not participating this season. But could you imagine Dave seeing a race freight ranking list without his name on it? Because for so long we thought, well, he's going to retire. And then I think you kind of just resigned yourself. No, he's never retiring. He's going to be in that top four, top six forever. And now he's, he won't be really one of the true
0: pro players. Yeah. In the history, and speaking of another pro player, this guy, 30 plus years on the pro tour, Dan Armijo, mm-hmm. it, it's now rumored as I read my text yeah. messages, which is, by the way, legal to do inside of a building in Arizona. Oh, okay. They take, there's so many other laws that right. you can't, but that's, that one is actually legal. I yeah. know. It's hard, hard to believe. But anyway, he's right around the corner. So he's near, um, I guess, uh, he said Casa Grande, which oh. I, might be so, a little further than I thought. So he
2: did get out of his car then to text, is what
0: you're saying. I, I'm not speculating because okay. I'm not a speculator. Yeah. But I do know that I got a text message. Maybe he's traveling with somebody. He's oh. going to play Sean Lennon while he's in town. Yeah. Luis Moreno while he's in town. He's going to play you. And I don't know if he's going to play Abraham Montejo, but why not? Right. So he's going to be here for a couple of days.
2: We'll have a chance to talk yeah. to him coming up in just a few.
0: Salt Lake City is also right around the corner.
2: In fact, it's just right upon us. It's going to be on ESPN. Obviously, Salt Lake City is the one that we all look forward to. It's It's such a great stop. But the underlying narrative there is Paul Brady can't seem to win there much like his countryman Dave Roy McIlroy who you and I watched in the match play at Dove Mountain just up the street here in 2014 McIlroy can't seem to get that Masters to finish off his career Grand Slam Paul Brady has played in Salt Lake City twice never made it beyond the quarterfinals now I don't know how you can explain that. It, he lost to Mondo Ortiz in 2014 in a tiebreaker. 2015, he comes back as the number one player and has that leg injury and forfeits in the round of 16. So he'll be looking to kind of put that curse behind him, that Salt Lake City curse. And I don't know if it's the air, Dave, or, or just some some bad luck and some good play from his opponents that has kept him from that title. I I mean, you know he wants to put on that smoking jacket. Dave, that Matt Stahlsberg <laughs> and true. Dom Sinoni loved to dawn on the winners. Yeah, and it looks really good with that yellow jersey. You know, right. yellow
0: and purple. Back to Paul Brady. Yeah. He can't get back, but I don't think that's really the biggest headline, although it would be nice. It, he knows that he's going to get past that first round and, and break that tradition that he's created mm-hmm. upon himself. Yeah. Uh,
2: the bigger question is who's going to be the next Paul Brady? Well, Dave, I know you've said, and you've said this since 2012, that you believe Killian Carroll is that next guy. And we've seen flashes of that from Killian this season. He was just outstanding in New Orleans where he survived three tiebreakers en route to the final and gave Paul a really good match there in the final. That was Killian's first and only race for eight final appearance. He's coming in, Dave, kind of we don't really know what to think about Killian. He didn't look great in New York. He did make the semifinals but he didn't really look like himself against Mondo Ortiz, who just took him out of his game completely. Now, those two have played four times this season, Mondo and Killian. They've split those matchups, but in the matches Mondo's won, he just looked like he was in another league, yet Killian still defeated him twice. So Killian, you'd have to say, Dave, with his age, with his pedigree and his work ethic, probably the guy that's going to be coming up in his early 20s that has a chance to become that next number one guy. Okay, so I i I'll, I'll just write his name down here. Say that you slightly
0: agree with me or
2: But it's it's a lot like Golf Dave where, you know, you've got Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy and Jason Day who are all great players, but they're not Tiger Woods circa 1997 to 2009. They're very good players, but I don't see a guy coming up that's going to be Paul Brady okay. or Dave Chapman not yet. It is the next great champion in handball going to be a pass artist or a kill shot artist well i think if you look at all the greats they've all had both components of their game they both could change gears and hit all the shots you've never really seen a one-dimensional player really dominate the sport you've seen them really good but i don't know that you know you see nadia alvarado senior who could do everything on the court power hops passes kills both hands speed Dave Chapman, a very underrated offensive player who, when you're in there with him, you feel like he's flat killing everything, but you know that he can go to the roof. And Paul Brady's very similar. In fact, Mr. Carl Obert, Dave, who's won 92 national titles with his brother, told me that Paul Brady doesn't even shoot much with his right hand. Yeah, he I goes, agree. He goes in there and he warms up hitting flat rolls with his right hand. Then you go in there and he rarely shoots the ball with his right. He'll just pass you and keep the ball alive. And He's like
0: Steph Curry. Before the game starts, he's at the half court. Yeah. And uh, just you know draining buckets and to let you know that he can do it, uh-huh. but he's really a pass guy yeah i had I had lunch with Paul Brady one time, mm-hmm. and it really dawned on me that he really was more of a pass guy than mm. a kill guy.
2: It took him twenty minutes to give me the salt, well, a V-pass in a restaurant can be tough because he had to bank it off the waiter into you, yeah there was which a... he did though it took a while besides brady mm-hmm. as we as as
0: we turn the corner here on
2: Salt Lake City, which is coming
0: up again fifteen sixteen seventeen at the sports mall. Yeah. And on ESPN, which right. we will be broadcasting live. That's kind of fun. Um, there's some qualifiers here that can come in and wreak some havoc. And we, we have the, the functions coming right. in from Ireland, Peter and Patty and, and Paul. I don't know if, if there's a Paul, but it sounds good. It sounds like a right. musical band. And yep. And then we also have some other guys like
2: well, John you know, Glacius and Cordova. The, the functions are going to be interesting because they did come to Pittsburgh for the RFC a couple of years ago and very impressive players, both of them. I don't know which one is better. Um, but I think Peter's had a little bit more success on the Irish senior scene, but Peter's a guy that I think will do a lot of damage in that qualifier and maybe even into that main draw because he's, he's got that very solid Irish background. He's very competitive. And, you know, I could see him knocking off a top qualifier and, and going into that main draw and, and doing damage. So, you know, you talk about some of the other qualifiers. Luis Cordova has just been playing really great handball, Dave. And now in his well, his fourth season, but the fifth season on the tour, probably playing the best ball he's ever played coming out of Pensacola, Florida, still calls Juarez his home. John Iglesias, who you mentioned, Dave, has been up and down this season, was great in Houston, but hasn't won a match outside of Houston all season. If you can believe that, he's played in every stop and only advanced to the round of eight one time and he's lost his first round and first playoff match in all the other stops so he's kind of a a guy that's hard to figure out and we're seeing a lot of that even in with the elite guys you're seeing guys like Luis Moreno who's now lost in every round this season I I mean how do you explain that I mean he starts off the season with the finals at the U.S. Open with a couple great wins against Nash and McCarthy he goes to Tucson and just didn't look anything like himself losing to Killian Carroll in about 20 minutes, 15 to 5, 15 to 4. He loses in the first round in New Orleans. He loses in the semifinals in both Houston and New York. So y- you don't know what to expect from Luis Reyes. He's, He's lost on every it. round. That's, yeah. now, I, you know, the stat that I want to see, and I know we don't have it available
0: now, yeah. but if, if you're going to look at on the race rate tour since the history of the inception of uh, of, of the tour years back, five years ago or so, uh, he's won first he's won second yeah he's taken third right fourth because either a loss or tying for yeah third uh fifth sixth seventh has he won Yes. right i mean yeah. ha- what other openings does he have that he hasn't hasn't
2: already achieved in those five years? he has not taken 13th oh wow so so he has taken 11th where he lost in the first round in new york 2015 and was given a forfeit into the Semi-finals of that playoffs where he lost to Daniel Cordova. He, not sure he's taken ninth. I have to look back, but I'm pretty sure that he has not taken ninth because I remember him only losing in the first round twice, once taking 11th and once taking 10th, both this season. So what do we do when, when he
0: fills the, the, sort of like a bingo card? Yeah. Right? Right. What, yeah. what gift do we give the person who picks the date and the tournament and the time and all that stuff? Thousand
2: bucks? I would say yes. Or do we just give him one of those American flag shirts? Now, a guy that <laughs> hasn't gotten much press this year, Emmett Pachot, Dave who's not really had the kind of season that we've seen from him in the past couple of years. He's had some tough draws. But if you watch him against Luis Moreno in New York, and I know that you did, it was, was a patriotic
0: 14 to 1. Yeah, it was yeah. a
2: patriotic match. Luis was was wearing the American flag and Emmett looked unstoppable. Up 14 to 1, he goes on to only score about 10 more points in the next two and a half games. How do you explain that Dave? Uh, I think Emmett's getting older and he just ran out of, out of steam and,
0: and Luis was not awake yet. When, yeah. We've seen that before right. from Moreno where it, it, he just, you know, he wants to be a fast starter and it's in his brain. And I think if the yips do happen in handball. That's uh-huh. where it does because he gets into his own head just a little bit. And, uh, you, you see him remember at the U S open, he would just show up right when it was time right. to play and, and warm up until the referee told him it was time to play. Yeah. Uh, So I think he's trying to modify that and just do different things because it's not working for him. I I really don't know. But I I think he's a slow starter traditionally. He tries to do different things to try to throw that out out into the mix, and, and, and New York was exactly that he
2: hasn't fixed that problem whatever it is because like you said he's tried coming in early warming yeah. up he's tried coming in late a second before yeah late on time but you can tell he's warmed up because he's yeah. fully
0: clothed he looks like he's sweating yeah. but it, you know it's just some weird thing that he does but he'll
2: drop 14 points and then go phenomenal yeah, after I mean, that you talk about he's down 14 to 1 he almost won that first game he caught up to 9 and it looked like okay he's the way he's playing it looks like he may actually catch Emmett and win this game now he didn't Because it was too big of a mountain. But then he goes on and dominates the next two games. Yeah, Like a different player, a different match. Now, Emmett's
0: style is to run you around the court, put in those two-and-a-half-hour matches and grind down. And I think Emmett just grinded himself down. Mm. And everybody else is just kicking it into gear. Luis didn't have a great first round there. He didn't have a great showing. And uh, frankly, I don't think he even had a workout. And so when he gets to that point where he's over waking up in the morning or whatever that problem Mm -hmm. is, now he's the full-powered Luis Moreno. And you've got a guy like Emmett who's really put in a lot of battle uh, scars and battle work in already on the tournament and a lot of hours. And it's just kind of a different kind of scenario there. Mondo Ortiz, though. Yeah, now Mondo was just playing outright crazy. And it really started with, you know, kind of a frustrating loss for him in the – sim. excuse me, at the Simple Green U.S. Open of handball in the singles. But then he turned right around and – I believe he played Paul Brady at the U.S. Open in singles, twenty-one
2: three, twenty-one four. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah,
0: and 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 I remember our pregame hype. We were like saying this could be competitive. Yeah, you know, and but it wasn't at all. And then Mondo comes right back around in the in the doubles, right? And was the star? I mean, he
2: stole the show of that tournament. And you know, what people don't remember, Mondo and Vic lost the first game to McCarthy and Nash, who are the current world champions. They're down 10 to 1 in the second game, and you're thinking, well, this is over. I mean, the world champions are rolling here. Mondo Ortiz takes over the tournament. Like you said, Dave, he comes back and wins that game, wins the tiebreaker, and then just destroys Emmett and Paul Brady in the finals of the doubles. And since then, he's hit the ground running and hasn't stopped running. Finals. In Tucson, just a couple of weeks later, where he lost to Sean Lenning. goes to New Orleans, but loses. But should have won that one. Uh, well, he should have won probably. that. Probably. The yeah. way he was playing and the in that match, he's up 10-1 to 1 in the first game. Yeah, going to
0: 15. Right. Should have won that. Then right. he
2: went to Houston, and you know
0: what he did there. Right. That was Paul Brady. Then he takes down... Uh, Sean Lenning, but even before that, there was an Emma Pichotte sighting and, and his first round match was also difficult with Alan Garner. Right. So, I mean, probably one of the hardest draws ever in race history. He takes it down.
2: Four current or former number ones never happened before. Yeah. So that was, that
0: was amazing. So then you can see that, that it's rolling and then he goes into uh, New Orleans where he loses to,
2: uh, Killian, right? That was a match that he could have won. He was up a game and, you know, up about 10 to 8 in the second game, and he loses that match and takes fifth there. New York, he goes on and makes the finals where he gave Paul a pretty good game there in the final. It
0: felt good yeah, watching it. And then now he's going into Salt Lake City, obviously,
2: where he defeated Paul Brady. And Salt Lake is historically where he's played his best handball. He defeated Paul, like you said, last year. He made the finals really shockingly as the number 6 seed he hadn't advanced to the semifinals all season lost in the round of 16 twice and then all of a sudden turns it on defeats Luis Moreno in the semifinals there and goes on to lose a very close tiebreaker to Sean Lenning
0: yeah it was, it, this guy can pretty much do
2: anything he wants to
0: do yeah. when he wants to do it and you know just talking off air with him he says that I just wasn't focused and work was getting in the way and now I'm focused and I really like this and I feel good and that stuff. And then we found out from his sparring partner, Marco Chavez, that Mondo's playing two on one against Marcos and Vic Perez and some of those other guys. And he said, Hey, his, his mind is into the game now. So he's engaged. And anytime you see, Mon- cause at the time we were talking about Killian Carroll, I was certainly mm-hmm. being the next guy. He's, he's the one that challenged and, and, and by no means has he let us down, but. We did not expect Mondo to all of a sudden pop his head. Mm -hmm. It, it's almost like Moreno said, I'm going to take a back seat this time. Yeah. Uh, Mondo and Keelan kind of were headline takers alongside Paul Brady. But, but really the, the, the big one early on, and I think you just pointed it out the other day, Sean Lennon, one hell of a last 12 months. Yeah. I mean, he's a a, a current world one wall champion. He's a current crossover, which is big ball and small ball three wall Mm -hmm. champion. Yeah
2: he's the uh the current players champion players
0: champion mm-hmm. and there's one more that i'm missing u s h a three wall national champion i mean that's that's all just right. here you know i mean that's that's a twelve month period and he also uh he won a stop he won the Tucson event right. so he's also the champion of the memorial
2: mm-hmm. i mean I'm sure the list goes on, yeah, he did win the Milwaukee open as well, which was a big event Well, I mean, hundred and ninety players in that one yeah. yeah
0: absolutely, so he's having a great event, but it it seems like uh, it seems like his he's trending the opposite way now uh, off of his performance from New York, but you know with Sean Lenny, you can never just say that.
2: Well, it's hard to say trending when it's only been one event. We'll have to see what happens in Salt Lake City. But he was very consistent going into New York, where he'd finished either first, second, or third in every start in the last six events. He goes to New York and you know didn't really look like himself. And we'll see if he writes the ship in Salt Lake City where he's, he'll be the defending champion. Now, obviously he's the player's champion. This isn't the player's championship, but he is sort of still the defending champion. Wouldn't you say? I mean, he won at this. Oh yeah. But he will be the number two seed, which is just as good because that means you can't meet Paul Brady until the final. Yeah. Yeah. So that,
0: so he's going to have, I, I'm, I'm hoping gearing up for
2: just another great tournament. The,
0: the other people in the top eight that we haven't talked about. I mean, we touched on Danny Cordova just a little bit, mm-hmm. but you, you're, you're back. And now you're back. Mm. It seems like your back is better, which has led you to play more handball. And it seems you had a good event in New Orleans. Then you didn't do so well at the next stop. And then you did, you know, then you started playing well again in practice. And so, you know, I think that's just the life of being a Mm.
2: 37-year-old. But Dave, what is it that, that enables these handball players to continue to play at the top level into their late, 30s and even into their 40s where you don't see it in any other sport maybe once in a while you see a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and they're playing quarterback but you don't see a guy in the NFL who's in their late 30s or early 40s playing running back or receiver I mean it's you know you think well Terrell Owens could do it but even in tennis you don't see anybody that's out there older than Roger Federer who's 34 so I mean how is it that in handball that this seems to be we see Marco Chavez Nadia Alvarado Jr., Paul Brady now getting into his mid to late thirties. I
0: think it's just genetics. Mm. And some people have it and some don't. You know, I mean, uh, that's funny that you bring that up because we're going to talk to Dan Armijo about that, some of that genetics and why he can stay around forever and play at 53 years old. You played him in practice. Uh, a while back, and you're gonna play him here again in the next couple of days. We'll obviously report on that too, yeah. and that's unbelievable. Guess who's here? You know, just- Over here. Over, Dave. yeah. Just get your headphones on here. He's here, Dave, so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna be, you know, talking to Danny, and yeah. you have some loaded up questions, and mm-hmm. I don't want you to leave, is basically what I'm saying.
2: First qualified in ni- 1986, Dan? Yeah. 1986. Danny, that's the middle finger. Oh. <laughs> that, that, yeah.
0: 1986 with the twist there. Danny, yeah. you, uh, you played everybody, um, a little bit about Paul Haber for me.
1: Let's just say you'd invite him into your house to to stay there during the tournament. The next thing you know, <laughs> you're chasing him out because he's in bed with your wife. <laughs> Speaking of
0: going back in time, your style of play, it, you know, before I even played the game of handball and I hung out with some handball players, I would hear about this guy named The Hand that could get to any ball hit. You would track it down, but then do something with it, very creative, hit the ball off the back wall, dive forward, but... They they would blast a ball right at you and you just have the most quickest hands anybody's ever seen. It gave you the nickname the hand. And first of all, who gave you that nickname? Is that something you gave yourself, which is what I assume? And second question is in today's player, and this could you know range back maybe five, ten years if you want to, name three or four guys that play like you.
1: Well, first of all, the hand—it uh, actually has nothing to do with handball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why would it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, a guy named Bill Baker, who uh, plays in Albuquerque, he, good player, uh told me I need a a good uh, name, and uh, everybody needs one. To, of those. To, to yeah, good handle. We're still working on day Finks. <laughs> <laughs> so he came up. He was saying first he thought. Danny the Glove, because you get a glove on everything. And I thought, oh, that's okay, <laughs> but it doesn't really glove. rhyme, or it's not catching. it's okay, how about Dan the Hand? And I was like, that's it. Yeah. And everyone's been calling me the Hand ever since.
0: You have, like, your own product line, uh, Salt Lake City, a couple years back, maybe even last year. <laughs> last you have, year. You have the Hand Headbands, Dan Shirts. The,
1: yeah. Dan the Hand Headband Day. It's coming next in a couple weeks in Salt Lake. We're going to have the second annual Dan the Hand Headband Day, <laughs> so... uh I'm excited about that. What do they do
0: on that? They have the city planner come out, the mayor, yeah, and they a,
1: it's a big thing. It's uh let's just say everyone in the crowd was wearing a headband. I the only that. people
2: that don't know about it are the front desk at the Sports Mall, where Dan's taking the towels and cutting them up.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, (laughs) hey! They they know now. That's incriminating. Let's (laughs) uh, let's delete that. (laughs) They absolutely do know now. Okay. Uh, They're going to be wait. The police are going to be waiting for me at the club next time. (laughs) Those towels are expensive. So, what the the player
0: that is most like you? Mm, I
1: would say on the court, not
0: the the cutting up of the Uh, towel. I'd say one of each. (laughs) I'd like to know the the latter. I'll, I'll admit it.
1: Uh First and foremost, the, the player that plays most la- like me would have to be Danny Bell. We're Danny Armijo and Danny Bell, so we're Danny A and Danny B were actually inter interchangeable. <laughs> people would never know. They say who do we got? Danny A or Danny B? So That's uh, right. why
0: that's why the federales were talking to you yeah, down there on the border.
1: That's why they're wondering I've... which which one was it. I have a hard time getting into Canada because of stuff mm. Danny Bill did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it goes without saying. But... In today's
0: player though, uh, currently on the tour, which let's go a different way here. Which is the one that's most likely to go cut tournament towels and put their name on it?
1: I, well, I'd have to go uh, another Danny, Danny Cordova. Mm. He actually, oh, tells, I like that. He actually tells me he cuts up towels just uh, in honor of me. <laughs> that's pretty and cool.
2: actually does play similar to
1: you. He does. Danny, he, yeah, he's a and he's another Danny. Yeah, it's a uh, Danny like, C. Danny C. We got a <laughs> Danny A, Danny B, and Danny C. Who would you? Would you? Who would you rather that's play? Classic. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's a. Uh,
0: so is that your raw comparison on the court as well? Uh. I mean, cause I don't think he's got the get ability that you do, but he is, he's fast.
1: You well, know, he, well, he is a, he's, he's a got scrapper. Serve. He's a scrapper. He's built like me, but yeah. he has a great, great serve. But it's mm-hmm. like your serve. I mean. But
2: you always had a great hop serve, still do. Yeah. Both but, ways. Both yeah. hands.
1: Well, uh I don't remember uh, I don't remember power like he has, but maybe I did. It's, yeah, it's, no. It's it
2: was very, I played Danny a couple of weeks ago and it's very similar to your style from that match where you beat someone eleven to negative one. Very similar style, so I could see that.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, in ancient history, yeah. Back uh when I first started playing it. I was playing against Fred, and you're thinking, what? Fred Lewis? Mm-hmm. No, Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we used to play during you know our breaks at the the at the rock rock factory. The-
2: now, hand you mentioned the old throwback style of Chapman. I have to ask you this because I get asked this a lot: emails and people coming up to me, Chapman in his prime versus Brady. People in talk to you. People actually come up to you and. Well, talks. I embellish <laughs> that. A okay, bit. That, that's. This is all hypothetical, right? It, it's mostly hypothetical. I, I did get one message. So to me, that's a lot. <laughs> okay. What's the question? It's Danny who? It's Dave Chapman in his prime right. against Paul Brady in his prime. Now we know that they played 2002 to 2004 just before Paul Brady kind of hit his stride and then Brady hit his stride about 2005-ish. <laughs> Chapman. Retired, came back in 2009, was still great, not quite what he was though in 2004, so their matchups weren't that competitive 2009 and 10. But if they played 10 times, hand, prime to prime, who do you, who do you like in that matchup?
0: The question is who's refing?
1: Yeah, who's refing, where the court is, what kind of court, what ball, mm. there's a lot of variable. But, uh, I would have to say 7 out of 10 times. I'd have to go with Brady in mm. their prime because good. Brady was, is so much more athletically gifted.
0: But wouldn't you say that Tati Severo was much more athletically gifted? No. No. I'm not They're... saying then Brady, but then, then Chapman.
1: Oh, then Chapman. Oh yeah. But he well, and, and he had a
0: good record against Chapman. But, but it was, he still lost. But, more but you than have to remember,
2: won. Chapman is a guy that may not look athletically gifted, as you say, but he can play everything. Oh, you've he, seen him. I mean, you yeah, can I know. play no, I know. every sport.
1: He yeah. is a, He is athletically gifted. Yeah. But it doesn't appear as fast or powerful as you know Brady or Naughty Jr. or Naughty Sr. There's Pretty much every player on the tour looks more. But yeah. you'd have
0: to say this, though. I mean, in all the years that you've played, you've played against and with Chapman, I'm sure. And, and Dave, retired him. And we've, we've done this, too. we played as partners. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. been against him. Right. You have to say that you've never been in more awe in your entire life than when you're on the court with him. Either against or 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 with. Or is there some other guy out there like a Sean Lenning or a or a Dennis Hoflander that you felt was more talented?
1: No, no. As a young man, uh that uh Dave Chapman was just at fifteen yeah. he qualified and then he was winning pro stops at sixteen.
2: Right. Won the nationals at seventeen.
1: Won nationals at seventeen and uh was just a phenom and uh was unbeatable. He was yeah. giving people donuts like he beat Danny Bell 21 twenty one two in uh in San Francisco at the Olympic club when Chapman was like seventeen years old. So yeah, he was dominating. He Danny, dominated.
0: Yeah, Danny Bell had gloves that were older than <laughs> Dave Chapman when he started winning. But I got
1: jock straps now, they're older than him, right now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, we we mentioned it earlier, but it was we're we're talking about qualifying at twenty and you're still trying to make it on the Pro Tour again by qualifying, which is, I know, something that is a goal of yours, is to actually qualify at 53 years of age, and you have a couple tournaments here in a row coming up where you're going to attempt to do that here on the professional tour. But during that time, do you think there's anybody else in professional handball that's played more professional handball matches than you? Or Danny Bell would have to be close, John Bike would have to be up there. Uh, based also on the fact that, some of these guys might have gone deeper rounds than you did. Oh, yeah. Okay. So has there, who's played more handball, pro handball matches in the history? Is it, is it Jimmy London?
1: <laughs> Jimmy, well, he's, uh, got, I mean, who's in the top, who's in the top five? Well, number one without a doubt is John Bike. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. he, uh, he went to every pro right. stop for 20, 27, 28 years yeah. and one year. He was actually my roommate this year that he did this. He played in 35 tournaments in one year. That's unfathomable. That's three a month.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: And you'd have to
2: consider all those pro tournaments because most of them he's meeting up with pro players, even if it wasn't an official pro stop. You know, he's, you know, likely playing against a guy like Naughty Jr. in the final or, or,
1: you know, who knows. 35 tournaments in a year. It's a record.
2: But Dan, you'd have to say you've probably attended more tournaments in the last 30 years than anybody oh, on the planet. More tournaments,
1: yes, yeah. but not more matches. Cause, How you
2: know. many tournaments would you say you've entered since you became a pro in 1986?
1: Well, uh, I was estimating, you know, six pro stops a year, six or seven. Uh, it's I'm now in my 34th year without missing a I've only missed one or two, and during that whole time, so. Uh,
2: but you have to count the other events, the Dan the Hand.
1: Oh yeah, uh, you just know. just pro stops. Yeah. Uh, I just topped the 200 mark. Uh, uh just in the last couple of years, so. What? 200. There's that, that's, that's a very just, exclusive club. There.
0: Well, yeah, it's a, we should get you a shirt that has 200 on yeah. it, a yellow right. <laughs> How do you avoid injuries? I know just recently there's been some nagging things that have come up and you don't play a lot of handball. You're a lot like a lot of other handball players where you you get to a certain level and then it's sort of like all that other thing that you do and you wish that you can play more but it just doesn't happen. But when you do play at this age, it's very hard on your body. There's a lot of things that happen. How how have you been able to avoid those injuries?
1: Well, it's it's mostly just genetics and luck. You know, uh, I've got the, I think, the ideal body type for longevity, you know, skinny, small boned, uh, light, lightweight, thick headed. <laughs> yeah, uh, stupid. Yeah, well, I, I don't <laughs> like stu- to. I don't stupid. like to sling mud on my radio program. <laughs> it's too stupid to quit. That's the. <laughs> uh, I'm the only one stupid enough to keep playing for 35 years. So that's what it all. That, comes that's to. part of it. I've had four major surgeries in in the last 11 months. Uh well yeah it was uh it's just luck not having the in- any injuries a uh, knock on wood you know you never know when it'll end you gotta appreciate every match you're healthy
0: yeah that's it's really unreal I know there's a lot of people that you know if they were gonna say what's that one question you want to ask Dan Armijo, I know that you're gonna get about ten different answers from ten different people but there there are people out there want to know how you're able to to play not just the pros I mean if I were to just play handball against just some of the regular club members I'm never getting injured. You know, but I, when you go down and you're always constantly playing guys that are just slightly better than you and you have to lift your game if you want to beat them and you have to dig deep sometimes. And it's when you're digging deep, that's when you're stretching, pulling, aggravating, mm-hmm. exactly. nagging. You know, we play here, Dave and I play here locally, uh, in Tucson, Arizona. We have Luis Moreno, Sean Lenning, Abraham Montijo, Dave, Think, you know, yeah. right? So when you're playing those guys and you don't want to get embarrassed, or if you feel like you're in good shape, you're diving all over the court just on serves, and you know, yeah, it's it's, a, it's terrible on your body sometimes.
1: Oh, it is. It's tough. I I, I try and stay limber. I've been uh, about two three years ago. I started doing some yoga, which is the best thing ever for handball players getting up there in age because huh. uh, it keeps you so flexible. Dave, I've, I
2: could see you doing a lot of yoga. Yeah, I could see you the, in one of those hot yoga rooms more so than than maybe just the regular kind. I'm actually more into
0: like, you know, yogurt. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. strawberry <laughs> yeah. yogurt with uh, uh, graham cracker <laughs> crust on a, in a pie yeah. right after a, a steak dinner. So yeah, I can see. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, I know you have a, you have a match coming up and Dave, you have
2: some. We have some, some race for eight stats. trivia for Dan.
0: Let's see how he does on these trivia
2: questions. Can you cue the music? Yeah, let's get that going. Okay. Okay. Da, da,
1: da, da, da. Who has won
2: the most <laughs> men's race for eight titles and how many
1: uh well it'd have to be brady
0: that, well it's a 50 50 question you could that's one you've got, got one
1: half you, of you've made question. one half of an answer so far okay so how many race for eights has brady won is the question now yeah so i would say i would guess
2: and guess wrong too
0: so don't four, worry it. no it's going to be more than
1: that. six it has to be at least 10 paul brady has
2: 12 12 yes do you know how many race for eight yeah. events there have been? You're you're now. I'm going to say one for two. That was a two part question. I'm going to give you one.
0: <laughs> oh, so what? What you're thinking is the players championship? Yeah, you weren't. We're talking about individual. Dave's talking oh, about individual pro Oh, uh, Okay.
1: Oh, you said so, race for eight, yeah. which is the grand finale. So I was.
2: Oh, that's the players championship.
1: Yeah. So, yeah that's so, what, well, that's the race for eight title.
0: Yeah. So let's just scratch the first question. He didn't <laughs> okay. understand. Yeah. Uh, like most people do, uh, he didn't understand <laughs> what you were saying. There. Okay. <laughs> Who was the ref when you guys played, and there was that negative figure? <laughs> Matt Hyber. Matt Hyber, your buddy Cash. Maybe we should have Matt Hyber ask these questions. Sorry, too soon.
2: Uh, All the other race winners have won two or more. Moreno. Moreno has won nine.
1: You're you're oh, only okay. off by eight. Oh, okay. Well, the, what the? Oh, okay, wait. Tournaments. Mm-hmm. Who's <laughs> only yeah. won one? Oh. Uh... Yeah. I keep thinking titles. Okay, tournaments, who's only won one? I would have to say... uh, Can we control-alt-delete this interview? I wish.
2: No. Alan, the blonde bombshell, Garner. Garner. Youngest Race for 8 champion, including all the tours. Now, obviously, it's probably not going to be the Senior Race for 8 tour because you have to be 40. Although, you know, that's a possible guess. Men's, women's, and seniors, who's the youngest player to ever win a Race for 8 title? Casey, that's correct. Oh wow,
0: nice. <laughs> well done. That's Katrina Casey on the women's tour. Dave, let me go back a little bit. You yeah. that, the previous question, you said the only person he's only won one one. Mm-hmm. Mondo one two.
2: That's thank you for correcting me there. This was Mondo is also only one one. Yes, thank you for uh, here, what, hand, kind, what
1: kind of game are I'll we, we the, running I'll here? Take this over. This interview <laughs> is. <laughs>
2: Who has qualified the most times in the history of the tour? Uh, Qualified now. Luis Cordova. That's correct. Very impressive. Uh, Number two, though. Who do you think number two is?
1: I would have to say uh, maybe Danny Cordova. Keep it Mm. in the family. No, I think it's Celesto, who is it? it Celesto. Celesto Celesto has entered the most
2: qualifiers, and he's qualified the second most number of times. And he's down by about one or two, right? Yeah. Catching Uh, up.
1: That Celesto is like a young hand. Yeah, well, we
0: were trying to bait you into answering it that way. Yeah,
1: Celesto, yes. It's all. Name the only
2: players, and I'll give you a hint there's been five that have been ranked number one on the Race for Eight Tour in the power rankings.
1: There's been how many? Five different number ones. Oh, that's easy. Lenny, Brady, Moreno, maybe uh, Armando? Let's see who else. He's number one in my book, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was Dave Chapman, and the fifth guy oh, was gosh, Charlie yeah. Shanks. Now, the only players to be ranked number two that have never won a stop on the race tour. Three of them David Fink. That's one. Naughty Jr. There you go. The, the final guy, Emmett Pichotte, who took over that number two ranking in spring of
1: 2014. Emmett's never won a nope. stop? Nope. Been to two finals.
2: Ran into Paul Brady both times. That is very surprising. Now,
1: wouldn't you consider yourself
0: and Emmett having just, there's a little bit of crossover on the type of play that you, both of you guys have?
1: Yeah. we Tracking
0: both, down ability. I mean, he's a right. great get artist.
1: We both never want to stop. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> now, one of my
0: thrilling moments in life was that the Nationals in Minnesota, when you took down Emmett to enter into the mm. qualif- uh, the quarterfinals at something. the
1: age of? It was 49. That was impressive. That was the greatest shot in the history of handball. Mm. I think I remember this. Eight, 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 8-8 tiebreaker. Emmett serving. We have a hard, long rally. He hits a bullet down the right wall, one foot high. Somehow the ball makes it to the back wall without bouncing twice, about an inch. It has some topspin, pops up two inches. I reach out. Two feet from the back wall, hit it between my legs, roll it out in the right front corner, right in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been, if that ball doesn't right. make it or if it's a little higher, yeah. he's serving 9-8. I'm exhausted. Right, I come in 8-8. Eight, eight. We have another hard, hard rally. Yeah. I'm actually blacking out during the rally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sticking my hand out, somehow getting my hand on the yeah. ball and hitting great p- shots with my fist. He dives and misses one at 8-8 eight, eight, me serving. His hands are shaking. He he was too tired to raise his hands up to call time out. His yeah. hands were shaking. Right. Hardest match I've ever played in. Now when but you're
0: he, you're blacking out on the court. I'm blacking out. It yeah, I mean, hardest. I can see why the the feds We're catching you at the, I mean, I keep going back to this,
1: but. There are some good matches over the years.
0: Well, you certainly have a long list and I know, you know, we want to tap into that. I mean, there's a few, uh,
1: Stories that we can't tell. Yeah, things that <laughs> happen in New Orleans,
2: I don't think will New be a part Orleans. of this. Oh,
1: There's some stories there, right? Oh, 2002 Vegas Nationals. There's the story. That's, that's
2: a good now, one. Now, that is a good story. That, is now, a good what is story. Time? that might be on the
1: bonus takes.
0: I, that <laughs> is Paper a good story. Subscription. And I forgot all about that one. And I know we do need to tell it. Oh, it can't be now. It can't be now. Uh, we only have just a few more seconds left. And, and, and then we have to go. But uh, maybe we can get you back in I know you travel to Tucson regularly to come visit our studios here with the the world players of handball wph live. TV and then I know that you also pick up a couple games while you're here but really the main focus is just coming into the studio and every time we get you in we try to throw some headsets on you which is kind of cool are you selfie in this yeah well, this, why what?
2: wouldn't I I mean if there's ever been a moment for a selfie isn't this it this is pretty much the moment okay so yeah. that's I why guess I'm am i holding the... the camera well we can't get you in the uh, selfie no you're Part of it, yeah. uh, Dan. Well, I, can you join us? I promise to join us in the broadcast booth in Portland. You got it. Okay.
0: After you win the 40s, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guarantee we'll let you tell that story.
1: Well, we'll have to give the broadcast an R rating. You know, we'll have to have <laughs> <laughs> this podcast may not be suitable. TVMA. Yes, <laughs> mature <laughs> audiences only. If I come in the booth, but yes, we'll do it.
0: Okay. This is not rated E for everyone. <laughs> Dan host stopping by the booth here and, and giving us a, a quick chat on a beautiful afternoon in Tucson, Arizona. Thanks, Dan.
1: Thank you, guys. Just love that guy.
0: I idolized him my whole life. I mm-hmm. mean, the second I started into the, the game of handball, not just you know being a, a better handball player advancing, it didn't matter. The second I even put on a glove, I, I learned about him. I knew about him. It was sort of a legend of Danny. I was up in Oregon at the time. You knew about him. I think there are so many people that can tell stories mm-hmm. about Dan Armijo. Yeah. And Danny, just down the hallway, second one on the left. Has to use the little boys' room,
2: I guess. And after. ironically, Dave, you and Danny are part of my favorite Armijo story. You were so in awe of him. Why don't we just talk about that? So much I don't understand. idolizing him that you ran to the elevator before you could even shake his hand.
0: Dan's here. Shh, shh.
2: Oh, okay, okay, so we're, it was a great visit with Dan. He's yeah. back. Uh-huh. It's
0: nice seeing you again, Danny. Let's get... And the neat thing about it, he has one of the brand new shirts on, so he really didn't go to the restroom. He went and raided our multi-million-dollar price department, which is fine. And I think that's kind of payback. He didn't
2: win the trivia game clearly. Well, no, yeah,
0: but I think he's he's won the game here. Yeah, I talk about him. He then does what he just did. So that's kind of enough. I'd love to keep talking about the elevator match. We're not going to though. We are wrapping up the radio cast. It's episode one, mm-hmm. and we'll be back right after Salt Lake City for episode two. We'll talk about Portland, Oregon. We'll do this weekly. Weekly? Yeah, I think we should. Wow. I think there's a lot to talk about. Well, you want to do it daily? A mm. lot to talk about. There's yeah. a lot of stories. Yeah, that's true. Weekly after the
2: race rate stop. You get to hear us oh, okay. during race
0: rate week. That, that's okay. part of it. I know
2: that you love your fun facts and trends, but this is kind of like fun facts coming to life. It really is. Yeah. But we get to do it
0: in real time. You get to watch the video, too, of Handball. That'll be in Salt Lake City on ESPN3, the Watch ESPN app. So it's episode one here. That's the unofficial episode two, which will be Saturday and Sunday, Mm -hmm. uh, April 16th and 17th on ESPN. And then right after that, we'll have the preview of Portland. We might meet just give you two of those yeah. in two consecutive weeks i think we all, we'll have a lot to talk about also an interview with one of the greatest players of all time coming up in the next episode
2: hmm. are you going to give it away now or just well cuz i don't the, even know it
0: the greatest player one of the greatest um, players of all time okay so get ready for that okay and and so much more on this radio cast for dave fink dave vincent we'll have another one coming up in salt lake city thanks for having us it's always nice being had